Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey Playmakers, it's Ashley. I am one of the co-hosts of More Than a Season podcast and we are so happy that you chose to be here and show up to our community today. If you have been around for a while, you know that it's usually Brittany and I on these episodes, but this one is a special treat because we are so excited to bring our significant others on. So it will be just me and my husband Carson today and I'll let him say hello real quick. Hi everybody. So what we're going to do is we are going to talk about compromise and sacrifice in the industry. And we had asked on Instagram a couple days ago if you could submit questions and I would throw them on over to Carson and get his perspective. So thank you so much. If you were one of the ones that submitted a question, we will definitely ask it. But before we get started with the episode and the questions, I'm going to let you all hear Carson's perspective of how we met Real quick, because if you have been around for a while, you have heard my side of the story, but I'm going to throw it on over to him and let him tell the story. Yeah, so I guess I'm getting put on the spot here at the beginning. I better get it right. Long story short, we met at Oklahoma State in 2015. Uh, Ashley was working in marketing and uh, in recruiting as a volunteer, and she was working at the bottom of the front desk of the facility, and I'd always come in early in the mornings before class and uh, get some work done before I went to class. And so I'd always pass by her desk on, what was it, Wednesday mornings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wednesday mornings. I'd pass by, and every time I'd walk by, you know, I'd try and, you know, strike up a conversation and, you know, be kind. You know, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And I'd I'd get a nice just, you know, warming hi or a good or a just one word answers that was really, uh, really good. Yeah, he made me nervous, y'all. And then, uh, and then... You know, days went by, weeks went by in the spring of 2015, and we just, you know, started developing a relationship and talking and doing all that. And then, you know, our first time, you know, meeting up, hanging out, whatever the kids call it these days, was at, uh, <laughs> was at Calf Fry, which is a Texas Country Red Dirt Music Festival in Stillwater. And then uh, went on a date the next couple of days later. And here we are. We've been in, stuck at the hip since, I guess. Yeah, we were inseparable. So we were definitely that couple that everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're always together, which it makes me laugh because it was so true. Once we became mm-hmm. really close friends, even best friends after we had been together for a while, we literally could not be separated. And one of the stories that comes to mind that always makes me laugh is our graduation. So... Carson was a <laughs> Carson was an undergrad assistant at the time and I was about to start my big girl job in Oklahoma City and so we knew we were about to have to do long distance in our relationship didn't really know what that meant but we wanted to be in <laughs> graduation sitting side by side together and talk about how we could not be separated we came down the stairs for the ceremony and Carson started counting the chairs and I was the cutoff. So I got sent to a whole new row and Carson was the end chair and you would have thought our world was destroyed. Yeah, I was like a lost puppy at that point. And it was funny too, because like at that time we didn't know Ashley was going to be working in Oklahoma city. So at that point we just thought she was going to be in Dallas when Dallas is still waters about four and a half, five hours. Mm-hmm. In reality, that's not that far, but there was so much unknown ahead of us. And so we were just soaking up literally the minutes that we had to hang out and be with each other before, um, Ashley went to Dallas and, uh, sure enough, we get to graduation. I start counting the chairs and 
Yeah. I said, I'm like, uh-oh, we're about to get cut off. And sure enough, Ashley goes to the far end of another road during graduation. And I'm just, I'm wandering around lost, like a lost dog in a mall. It was really, really, <laughs> it was, it was a sad day. Yeah. So we have been inseparable, but we will say that as we go through this episode, you will definitely get to hear some of our experiences and our stories that we have shared. We have been through a lot, just like any other couple. We are not perfect by any means, nor are we experts at this industry. But as you know, with this community, we love sharing each other's journeys and just how we got to where we are at. And hopefully our testimony and journey will help impact you and your significant other in some way. So I'm going to start with the questions and then we'll just kind of go from there. How does that sound? Fire them off. Let's go, Mamkin. Okay. In the beginning, how did you balance being a young coach and entering in a serious relationship? What did you learn? That's a good question to start off on because I was a coach. I was a first generation coach. You know, no one in my family really coached. And so throughout college, I was trying to figure out, you know, the work-life balance and time management and everything like that. And during college, I really didn't date anybody. For that reason, I was so busy all the time until obviously you came into the picture. And then when you came into the picture, you know, you you really learn how to prioritize. And I was really lucky working on the, on the staff that I was on and family and significant others are really prioritized. And so it, it allowed me to learn how to build in that time management and that time for one another and making that time that we did have so valuable. And then honestly, it, it still sticks up to this day in terms of our date night that we, that we routinely make time for, especially during the season when that time during the season is so limited. Yeah, I will say with Oklahoma State, it was so wonderful with this being our first stop along the way because of that priority of family first. And I think that with that, we have a lot of respect for Gundy in general, mm, but absolutely. just the way that he helped basically establish our relationship just mm -hmm. because of his rules and guidelines of the way that he had that whole program running. Yeah, absolutely. Just being able to get out of there at a decent time on Thursdays during the season of, you know, once practice ended, we were out of there at whatever time that was, five, six o'clock. And mm -hmm. once that started, that's when, that's when the quality time between Ashley and I got started. But also doing that, I also, as the week went on, made sure that all my work was going to be accomplished by that time. So it's not like I just skipped out on work mm -hmm. whenever that time came. No, I worked hard enough during that week to make sure that, hey, come Thursday, I can check out for an hour or two and not have to really worry about it so that I can focus my individual time on that time with Ashley. Yeah. And with all that to say, I was currently working in Dallas and they had asked me, the company that I worked for asked me to move to Oklahoma city. So that was big steps for us because I am now not four hours away. I'm only an hour away, but we had some growing pains in our relationship, a lot of compromise and sacrifice in the beginning because with me being in Oklahoma City, I was working a sales rep job going all the time, like hours and hours and hours. And then Carson obviously schedule super jam packed per usual, but I was very naive in the beginning with the industry. And <laughs> I think that we had to really go through a whole chapter of just trying to figure out what works best for us. And we had the Thursday date night, yes, but as far as communication and the way that we basically served each other during that busy time was a huge, huge growing point, I feel like, in our relationship. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm sure you're going to hit on this at some point. But during that chapter, I vividly remember us learning each other's love languages. Mm -hmm. And I'm such a firm believer in that because 
you and I's love languages are so different from one another yeah. in which we didn't understand that at the beginning because I was trying to show you my love language and that didn't really resonate with you and vice versa with me, you know? And after reading that book and having that, those conversations with one another really led us to understand, okay, how can we communicate those love languages and express what we need versus what we do have and what is going well during uh, such a busy time of year and when, with the distance as well. You know, it's still an hour away, but at the end of the day, when you're an hour away, you're not living with that person, you know, so you can't really understand what they're going through on a daily basis until you truly are with them. Yeah, and I'm very open. I mean, I've been in counseling, therapy, whatever you want to call it, almost every single place that we've gone just because I'm not ashamed to share it, but it's just to keep your mental health in check. And that's how the Five Love Languages book came about mm-hmm. is because I was so confused and I felt like I just couldn't do it right. I was like, why can I not handle all my work, my relationship? He's only an hour away and the season. And then I felt like I had to wear all these hats in the beginning. So I had to be the girlfriend at the time, the friend, the daughter, and then the sales rep. And then also now the coach's girlfriend. And I think that with all those different roles that I put on myself, you did not put that on me. But I had to learn how to show my love language and communicate that with you because in the beginning, I think I just, I didn't even know what to say. And so after we, I went to counseling, read the book, we both read it. I learned that I was actually projecting what I wanted on you. So like I was buying you a ton of gifts. I was trying to figure out like, oh, you know, if I give you this shirt, like, is that going to make your day? And sure enough, we figured out that, you know, hey, that that's not what fills up my cup. No, but it's funny at those times I was, I was grateful for those things, obviously. And I tried mm-hmm. to express how grateful I was, but it wasn't, it wasn't working in the way that your intentions were trying to make it work. Yeah. Just like you said, and, and same thing with me, you know, I was trying to give you positive feedback and encouragement verbally and same thing. It just wasn't really resonating with you either. And so learning those things obviously took time. It's not like we just figured it out no. overnight. Uh-uh. And then it's also something you learn as you start to live with one another and be with one another on a consistent basis and how those love languages are truly given and received. You know? Yeah. And I think with sacrifice coming up upon our very first move and moving in together, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with y'all here listening as we had so much pushback and no support on us living together. Our friends said no. A lot of our family members said no. And growing up in a very traditional household on both sides, it was very, very frowned upon. So we had actually kind of an odd pressure put on both of us because he got a job at Kansas and then I was still in Oklahoma and we were ready. We're like, we're going to do this dang thing. We're going to move in together. And we had so much pressure of why are you doing this? You're throwing away your career. This is not right. You're following him around. And so just taking that leap was so difficult back then and knowing that it was all for the right reasons. And, you know, we, we laugh when we reflect and look back on it because now I still have the job that I have from when I was in Kansas, like working remote. And I think it was a big blessing, but moving in with your significant other for the first time, we learned real hard and quickly what those expectations were with living with each other. And then also how much I truly sacrificed to be there and to not take that on on you. So that was a huge learning in our relationship when we moved to Kansas. Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing that people, if they're not in the coaching profession, 
they don't understand what it means to have a, a relationship within such a demanding profession in terms of how everything cannot and will not be by the book. And what, and that goes in so many different directions, but us moving in together before we were engaged and married, it rattled so many people's feathers because it wasn't by the book, but we knew that's what was best for us. And we knew that's what we were called to do. And obviously, you know, we've been blessed with so many things that came from doing that, that we're still, you know, reaping those blessings today, you know, four or five years later, however long it's been. Yeah, it's really cool to reflect and look back. But what do you think that was the hardest thing of us moving in together that very first like couple of months? I think that it was a little difficult to live with. We had always visited one another, but we never lived, lived together. No, you know, I think your stories definitely outweigh mine. And uh <laughs> And I, and I will never say that it was bad because it wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't bad. There's always growing pains in any new situation. One thing that is always funny though, when we did first move in together is that we realized how much stuff we both have. Yes. Uh, we had so much crap. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But you know, as, as we were going through each other's stuff, I think the one thing that I feel like you would say the same thing here is that you and I hold value to certain things differently. Yeah. And I have a lot of stuff, or I had a lot of stuff, I've come around now, of sentimental, sentimentally valued, is that how you say it? Yeah. Things that I just didn't want to give away yet, in which you were, this is not a knock on you, and it's obviously rubbed off on me now, you want to start fresh as, as often as you can. Yeah. I mean, and even now, I mean, we go through our stuff once or twice a year and donate as much as we possibly can. Uh, but at that moment... I just had stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff, especially coming from a place where I spent six years at one space, one place, you know, I didn't want to get rid of a lot of things. And that's kind of one thing I feel like we've grown on how to do that, but was certainly difficult at the beginning. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I remember when we were unpacking both of our things, we were going through all the kitchen items and it was spread out all over the floor. And I remember just taking and picking up stuff that we had double of and just tossing it. And you were so set. There was this wooden spoon that I was dying laughing because, I mean, it wasn't funny at the time because we were, it was tense moment, but you were <laughs> it like, it was this. not that tense over a wooden spoon. Come on. <laughs> no, but we were, we were going through things and you had some stuff that I was like, well, why? It's just like a spoon. But you were like, this is from my very first, like, apartment when you had you know become a GA and you were doing that before we had moved to Kansas and mm -hmm. so I had to really understand what was valued to you whether I mean who cares if it's a spoon or a bowl it still holds value to you I can't just go toss your stuff no, so but I do want everybody to understand that we still have the wooden spoon we to, do I'm <laughs> <laughs> we do no but it was it was a really good learning lesson of us trying to balance everything and I am fully aware and I accept that I have had that privilege growing up to just be able to give things away and then if you need it you can go out and buy it and I know that that is a privilege that I have had. And so growing up with other siblings, I feel like I was just like, oh, I don't hold value in those things. So I just had to learn that, okay, just because it's there doesn't mean I can just toss it. So I think that that was one of the things. And then as far as sacrifice, this was the first time I had ever moved away from family. I had not known a soul when I moved to Kansas, started a new job. It was a lot of first um, in our relationship. And then we also, we were not making any money, to be honest. We were making a very, very small salary and trying to figure out how to budget as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So with my sales rep job, I had to take a giant pay cut 
And that was very, very scary. And I just, I remember being like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? And you were so calm. Why did you, why did you feel so calm in that moment? And a lot of it goes back to, you know, our faith and the faith that we have in God and and how he has continually blessed us in ways when we didn't know if it was going to work out or not. Yeah. That's something that even still, I feel like it kind of drives us both crazy to this day because you and I are both very... We like to be in control. We like to know what's going on. We like to have a plan type people. And in that moment, I mean, we had a plan, we had a budget, but at the same time, I mean, this was our first time doing this together on our own and we were still trying to figure out how to get engaged too. Yeah. So we were doing all that together and just knowing that it was going to work out the way that it's supposed to. And looking back, obviously five years now or however long it has been five years, right? Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's really revealing how those blessings of us, moving in together and doing all that together and how it's paid off. Yeah, I agree. And as a coach, we were still very young at that time. What do you think was the hardest sacrifice you had to make for your career and yourself? So just you as a person, what do you feel like is the toughest thing in this industry that you have to sacrifice? Like I said, I was a first generation coach. I never came into coaching or I never was around coaches until I started, you know, being a student assistant and I got right involved then, which I learned really quickly, I'm either going to be a student assistant or I'm going to have the traditional college experience. And I was perfectly fine with that because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I learned really quickly that my time is going to have to be sacrificed and spent elsewhere without the people that you really want to be with or without those you want to be around, like your family or your friends or whatever it may be to achieve what you want to achieve. You know, early on, Uh, When I got into the career, I was told by one of my mentors that whatever you put into this is what you're going to get out of it. And so I knew that I wanted to dive completely into this because obviously I wanted to reap the benefits of of doing that. And so I'd say looking back on that, especially now as we moved away and we moved kind of all over the country, the one thing that is a main sacrifice is time, you know, Mm -hmm. time spent uh, with family during the holidays because of bowl games, time spent away from family just based on you know, wherever you live. I mean, when we lived in Washington, it took us eight hours of flying travel to get home, plus a time change. I mean, that's difficult. Made it work, obviously, and family came to see us, so on and so forth, but it was difficult. You know, everything else is just really based around time. Time spent around the people that you care about and how that can be taken away from you because of this job. And you understand that the more you're in this career and in this line of work, I guess. Yeah, that's great. And I I like the way that you put that because a lot of people on the outside, obviously they have the normal nine to five or whatever it may be, and they don't really understand it. And us on the inside of this sports industry, we have to kind of watch our friends and family operate on a day-to-day basis all together and it's a little interesting because you feel like you're out here sometimes on this little island and you're looking down kind of at everyone operating in their day-to-day just like moving along nothing really different which is totally fine but in our industry there's just so many different transitions and I think that one of the things that I have personally had to work on is knowing that friends seeing them on social media or getting together and getting to do all these things. It's not a personal thing against me. It's just them living their life and Mm. just how I'm living my life. And I think that that's just the biggest adjustment. One of the biggest adjustments that you have to make is when you're watching all these things moving around you, 
you are in this for a reason and that time commitment. And so do you ever look back and wonder what it would have been like if you did do the fraternity route and you didn't do the volunteer hours, like where you would be? Uh, every once in a while, I'll think about it. I I don't think I ever would have been in a fraternity just because of my personality. Yeah. Uh, that's not really, and I have nothing against fraternities. I think fraternities and sororities can be really beneficial, obviously, mm-hmm. with you being in a sorority. And your, those friendships will last forever. Just me, and I just didn't think that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know. I try not to think about the what ifs mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I can't control anything that I did looking back on it. Mm-hmm. You know, we are where we are for a reason, and I am a firm believer in that. And and God's put us in places and meet certain people for a reason. I'm, again, like I said, I'm a firm believer in that. So I can't – I try not to spend the times of the what-ifs because yeah. I can't control it now. That's really good. And I think that with this industry, there's a lot thrown at you as a coach. So you are trying to mold young men <laughs> to mm-hmm. become – better human beings, just well-rounded, just out there, souls working in the workplace as well after college if their career does not continue with football. And just in general, seeing these men grow up to be who they become is really cool to see and be a part of that process. But there's also the outside noise of the fans, the pressure of your job, the pressure to win and to be committed at all times. So how have you made it work for you so you don't lose your self-worth or identity in the process? Because I feel like with social media and everything, it is so easy to compare your Mm. journey to someone else's. Yeah, for sure. You know, it kind of goes back to the same thing. It's all kind of rooted within my faith. I have been made a certain way for a reason. And And I do believe that I'm a different type of coach than other people that I've been around. And that's not a knock on anybody else. It's really not. It's just my personality and the way I carry myself on a day-to-day basis is confident enough to know who I am so I don't have to listen to any of the outside noise or outside opinions of other people. I can Mm -hmm. control my work ethic. I can control my personality. I can control how I coach. I can control how I lead. And I can't control anybody else's thoughts of me. But hopefully, because I can control those things I can control – that would then make somebody's opinion of me in a positive manner. And if it doesn't, I can't really control that. And it's kind of one of those things. It's a phrase that you can't stand, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like that phrase. No, you sure don't. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like I said, it, it comes back to my faith. It comes back to who God's made me to be. And I'm very, very rooted in that. And uh, I'm confident in that. And there's times, you know, where if I am non-confident, whatever it is, but that's where I'm very blessed to have Ashley is that she knows when I'm down. She knows when I don't have that mindset. She knows when I'm not acting the way that I usually do. She can feel that. And then she does such a phenomenal job of flipping my brain and relifting me back up to get us back to where we need to be. So I can stay that same exact person at coach husband, whatever that, whatever my role is at that moment, every single day. Yeah. I to reiterate to everyone that's listening is it's not being better or that you're owed anything no. more than anyone else or being deemed in some light that you appear to be perfectionism Mm-mm. because that's not it. And I think that the longer that we have stayed in this industry, you know, friends get out of the industry. They don't want to do it anymore. We've seen some friends just go different routes. We've seen people that we've been with that are in it for different reasons. That's not why we're in in the industry mm-hmm. is for that reason. So I think that 
It just, it really is what are you aligned with, with your belief system and your household and your morals of how you would run your day to day. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. And again, just like Asher said, I am not perfect by any means. I am a failure. I am a sinner. I am all of those things, but this is what I strive to achieve for every single day, knowing that some days I'm going to fail. And in those days where I do fail, I do have to bounce back up fight the adversity, fight whatever is going on, fight the the mind inside me telling mm-hmm. you to quit or this isn't for you or whatever that negative voice may be and to keep pushing and keep marching forward, you know? Yeah, because I think as, as you being the significant other, you have a lot riding on your shoulders, not only to just provide for your family, but you're also trying to keep it all together and you have some young men looking up to you as well for what your decision is going to be for either mm-hmm. practice and just overall mentorship with them. So I think that it's a lot to carry. And one of the things that I had to learn early on in the beginning is that you do want to be home. It's not that you're just hanging out at the office, Mm -hmm. (laughs) hanging out, watching film for hours and hours because you don't want to spend time at home. It's truly just the way that the schedule is. And I think that I had to learn that real quickly and show grace when it comes to that because of your commitment that you have made and just really respect the work that you're doing and that fact and that it's not just football it's way more than that and Mm -hmm. if you choose to take that perspective I think that it's way more rewarding in that way so with that in our relationship what's something that we always have to continue to work on every single season because we're not perfect by any means so Mm -hmm. what's something that you always work on when it comes to our relationship. I feel like every season you learn something new in terms of something you do have to work on. But I feel like the same thing that consistently comes back is how you spend your time and how we make time for one another. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're constantly working on that and having that you and I hold each other accountable, especially during those busy times of, Hey, I'm feeling this. I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling that you're spending your time here. Can you put your phone down? Whatever whatever the situation may be. Mm-hmm. I'm not pointing fingers by any means because I'm as guilty as, as much as anybody else. But what I was trying to say is, is consistently working on truly making that time that you have with the people that count, making that time count. Yeah, I think that time is easily taken. It's absorbed by your cell phone. It's absorbed by yeah. random tasks. It's absorbed by so many things. And you are supposed to keep that time safe. And I think that once you decide how you're going to spend it, it's it's gone. And so time is so, so precious. And I know that we have talked about that on multiple podcast episodes before, but choosing to have that quality time, we do not have children. So yeah, we no completely acknowledge that it is tough when yes. you have kiddos running around. We have a dog, but it's not the same. We know. <laughs> so I will say that just even if it's a 10 minute drive to go get a sonic drink or something just to look that person in the eye and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way or I see you. I see where you're coming from. And I think that another thing that we have done really well over the years is we acknowledge what we are doing well. So you mm-hmm. always tell me, thank you so much. I really appreciated that you I don't know, even silly things that you mopped the floor, but we openly share to one another, whether y'all laugh at us or not, the most silly minor things, because at the end of the day, it adds up to be so, so important. And it's like filling a jar, like over and over. And once your cup is full, you feel good and you got some energy. And I think another reason too is, is also to obviously to appreciate the efforts that are being made, but 
it's on the flip side too. If you didn't appreciate the efforts that were being made, I feel like there would be a, over time a voice of unappreciation going through your head of doing all these things without feeling that appreciation. Yeah, I Does see that make sense. Like what I'm if saying? I was going to clean the whole house and then you didn't, say I just anything. I just strolled in and dumped my stuff and just carried yeah. on about my day. Yeah, no, I feel like over time if that would happen, you would not feel very good about yourself. Yeah, we have learned that in counseling really quickly yeah. that you have to voice even the smallest things, like we just said. So we highly encourage that as a practice. But the date night is something that we have always held true, and honestly. We kind of get into tiffs here and there if we skip our date night because Mm -hmm. that time we're used to being in a routine. And as y'all know, having a significant other in the industry, they thrive on routine. And so when it's thrown off and we don't get that one on one time, we don't communicate as well. And we get into little tiffs. Mm -hmm. We definitely do. Ashley says I get fussy. He does get fussy. And so we'll keep that. We'll keep that between us and the podcast, I guess. (laughs) Um, But no, I I could not agree more. We definitely, when we're not in routine of, of spending that hour, whatever it is, 10 minutes to an hour to two hours, whatever the time is of with each other to actually hear each other out, communicate, look each other in the eye. It definitely adds up when you don't have it. Because like you said, we get in tiffs, we get in arguments, we get, and then it's over minor things, Mm -hmm. but it's things that normally if we were spending the time with each other, we wouldn't even think twice about because our, our quote unquote love tanks are full. You know what I mean? And with the season, the expectation of me attending every single event and going to every game, we have never had that expectation set like no, in our unrealistic. Ha- in our household. Yeah. And it is unrealistic. And I think that we are trying to change the narrative, obviously, with this community to share that you don't have to do it all. And it gets very overwhelming. But there has been time where I have felt like I have had to sacrifice a lot to make it all work. But Carson has never put that pressure on me. So with our household, we always just say what works best. And wouldn't you agree? You've never asked me to go to every single thing. No, because it creates an unnecessary pressure, which creates unnecessary stress. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not how we, Ashley and I, whenever that time comes, of, when we do have children, of that additional pressure of, hey, you've been to 30 straight games, whatever the number yeah. is. And now we have a child. You better keep that streak going. No, that's unrealistic. It's not fair. It's not fair to Ashley. It's not fair to anybody because it's creating unnecessary pressure and stress. Yeah. And I think that with our relationship, we really had to work on, especially with me on what that expectation is because I put it on myself. So I felt like this overall just feeling left out. If I didn't go, it would look bad on him. There would just be all this overwhelming, you know, pressure that I missed. And that's really something that I created on myself. No one told me to do that. And so with our relationship, we had to do through lots of counsel and just mentorship of how we make it work. And I think that that's a good thing is that we have never put that pressure on ourselves. Mm -mm, Agreed. Yeah, so it's great. And I will ask one last question. We like to ask this on every single one of our episodes. Carson did a fabulous job today, guys. So Before we get into the last question, I do want to say this. I want to say thank you to all the significant others that do listen to this podcast. I'm grateful for this community. I am so proud of Ashley and Brittany and this community that they have built here and how strong this group is. And I'm so excited to see this group continuously grow because significant others in the sports industry play such a crucial role that is so hidden to the world that nobody knows about. But all of you are valued. And as an 
outsider, especially as a significant other to this significant others community, I'm very proud, but very thankful of this group. So thank you all. I am very grateful for all of you. Yeah, I think he deserves to be an honorary playmaker. (laughs) So one last question, and I'm going to throw it on out there. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would it be? I think it would be that the path you think you have and that's ready for you is not going to go that way at all. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like I said, I'm a first generation coach. I don't have a family of coaches. Nobody in my family's been a coach. And so coming into this, I came to this thing pretty blind thinking that, okay, I was going to be a student assistant. I graduate from college. I go on to be a position coach at the (laughs) D1 level and making tons of money. Life's good, whatever. Yeah. And in reality, and I'm not, I didn't get into this profession to make a ton of money. I really didn't. I I was impacted so heavily by my coaches growing up that I wanted to try and pass it forward to the kids that I'm around. And thinking that the path was going to be that easy was so ignorant of me because there's so many people that put in all this time and effort and to follow a path and a dream that they'll eventually get to. And for me to think that it's just going to be a walk in the park that easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, and I've definitely been blessed along the way with being around so many great people and great places and different places that we lived. And I wouldn't have been able to do those things if it wasn't for that, blind ignorance I guess I had at the beginning yeah you know no that's good I think that we both were very naive in the beginning and we didn't really understand what the industry involved and we just have a lot of respect I think it humbles you really quickly once you realize what it takes and just how much sacrifice you have to put in of time and effort just to be where you're at and that every day is just such a blessing that you get to do what you do and We are so grateful for y'all as our community and listening to this episode. If you have any further questions for Carson or myself, you know where to find us on More Than a Season podcast on Instagram. Send us a DM. We are so grateful that you are here and that you listened to our episode. And thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.